Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We are here in the lobby of the 2019 ATA show with Jason Felt from Bowhunter Box Club. How you doing today, Jason? Doing awesome, man. Thanks for thanks for having me here. This is like uh, over a year in the making because I've you know before we even started the podcast, I was getting the box the boxes and you know I'm like this would be a perfect guy. You were just starting out at the time, mm-hmm. I think. And, um, you know, so it's been, I think for both of us, uh, quite, quite the journey since, Absolutely. Uh, since last year at ATA. Yep. So, um, I guess take us through your story of, cause you're, you didn't grow up as a bow hunter, right? So, I, di- I didn't grow up as a hunter. Okay. Yeah. At all. So I actually, um, it's just over five years ago now that I even shot my first deer. Um, that was about a year into my entire hunting journey. So I, I didn't. My parents both grew up like kind of in the in the country in the farm life and everything, and for some reason, and I, I still to this day don't know, when my dad graduated and left home, I mean he left that. So my brother and I grew up. We were always interested in it. The, the chances we ever got to go to my grandparents' farm, we'd we'd learn to shoot out there, and that was cool. But we never got to hunt. So we just wanted to. And then as we got out of school, got jobs, started kind of accumulating some of my own gear. But I didn't have a place. I didn't have anybody that that hunted to to help me out and. Got fortunate enough that uh, through a, a friend of my wife's, like that she went to high school with her husband, we we met them and we start talking and turns out his his favorite thing in the world was deer hunting and I was like, man, that, that's awesome. That's something I've always wanted to do and I bought this rifle and I've I've never shot anything but paper and he's like, we'll change that. <laughs> and uh, that next fall he took me under his wing, took me hunting and it was and he was actually just starting to get into bow hunting he'd he'd grown up hunting but he was just starting to get into bow hunting so uh a year into my entire hunting journey and i hadn't even shot a deer yet i'm like well he's bow hunting i I want a bow that looks cool so (laughs) so i I get a bow and i'm like hey if nothing else like that'd be cool because 
I don't have, I mean, you can't shoot a rifle anywhere to practice, but a bow, you can get away with a lot of different areas. And I was like, that's cool. So, uh, he really kind of guided me, gave me an opportunity that, you know, especially in Texas without public lands, it's all private lease property. It's, it's not easy to get introduced to it unless you grew up with your family doing it. So he took me under the wing and, um, kind of guided me and I, I got crazy fortunate that things fell together the way they did about a year into the hunting journey and I shot my first deer ever a, a doe and uh, about 18 hours later uh, I shot another doe with my bow and uh, so I doubled up in about 18 hours <laughs> about a year in and I, I've just been like obsessed with bow hunting since then and it was like man this is so fun and I mean I support all styles of hunting and uh, it's, it's great but like there's just something about like the I guess intensity, like the, like there's just another level of, of connection when you're that close to animals and bow hunting. Like when you're not shooting something, you're always learning if you're getting to observe an animal that close and, you know, you have to be on top of your game just to not spook them if you're even just watching them. And it's, uh, man, I just got hooked and, and wanted to learn, wanted to try things, wanted to just find out everything I could about it from that point forward and, uh, led, eventually led to, this journey <laughs> and so with the, with that being in in texas I, we talked to uh chad from the backcountry rookies mm -hmm. and i didn't realize like the way that texas worked you know there's a lot of places where you can like buy a day lease and you can go out but you can hunt from the truck you can hunt from you know you can you know you just drive around you see something and you get out and you lay the gun across the hood and you shoot it and then that was your day um do you do you think that that's why you it wasn't bow hunting first? You know that just there is bow hunting. I mean, I know hunting is big in Texas, and you think about Texas, you think about rednecks, guns, and you know, they're their own. Their <laughs> uh, own thing. I mean, there's there's definitely some of that, but like it's not legal to shoot from a public road. We'll, we'll give you that. But um, uh, if you're within like private property, I mean, you could. So it's um, I think part of it is in Texas. It's a little unique, unlike a lot of other places. There's there's two plus full months of open general season where you can hunt with a rifle, versus a lot of other areas you get yeah. a, a week, two weeks, three weeks, and and you have that much time. So, you know, it's human nature to take the path of least resistance. And oh, I can go hunt with a gun, and I've got five deer tags, and why do I need to make it harder on myself and bow hunt? So, um, I think it's just a natural start from the way people hunt there. Um, for the most part. so, But surprisingly, like if you bow hunt, you get to start five weeks earlier than everybody else. And uh, um, it's unfortunate to see that a lot of people will, they'll, they'll bow hunt just to get out there early. And then after that, they, they grab the gun and go. But, I mean, it's legal as long as they're ethical about it and cool. But um, I don't know. I think that was just the natural progression of, of starting there because that's the style of hunting other people were doing. So, so like where you're hunting in Texas, are, I mean, is it a lot of open, brushy stuff? Do you actually have, you know, like some forest stuff to get a tree stand <laughs> well, that's in. One thing. Texas is so big, there, there's so many different terrains and different right. styles, so it depends on what part of Texas. I was personally hunting in, in the western part of the state, out near San Angelo, so the terrain is mostly, it, it's mostly mesquite trees, which are just yeah. nasty, tangly, little, short trees. So and basically like so ground blinds or Ground blinds or, or yeah, pop-ups, uh, ground blinds, we'd have homemade, built little uh, other box blinds, and uh, to get off the ground, you, you can't hunt. There's, you can't put a tree stand in right. those. So we have uh, quad pods. Yeah, so uh, that'll get you up off the ground. But I mean, we have some of those. It's an eight foot platform height, and you know you literally could stand out there and you see them popped up over the trees. 
like the the trees just are not tall so um but it's tangly nasty stuff that they can be pretty thick and uh that the deer can get through and and not be seen like spot and stock out there is just not really feasible so so talk to me a little bit about texas in, in general and the hunting because i did not realize that texas has exotics Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so in Michigan, we think of invasive species and, and things like that. But we're in the state of Texas. There's lots of weird shit running around that, <laughs> that, that you would only. Th- I mean, from from Michigan or from the Midwest or from wherever, like an Audad or something like that. I think uh, orcs. I think of that as a canned hunt. I think of that as high fence only. I th- I don't think of that as like something just wandering around. Well, the one thing, misconception on that is there's both. Like, I mean, the property that I got introduced to hunting on that I really spent my first few years hunting had axis deer. It's an exotic. You can hunt them year-round. They're out there, but it's completely free-range, open. There's no high fence, no nothing. They just live there, right. and they flourish, and it's awesome. So there's actually a lot of that in the state as well, um, which really opens up so many hunting opportunities. It's, it's we're, we're really fortunate as far as that's concerned. Um, the high fence operations, it's hard to group it within just like one general generalization. I mean, if it's a small place, like, yeah, no way, but there's a lot of places out there that it's a huge, like thousands and thousands of acres. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is like, there's, there's crappy people anywhere that do stuff. And it's, it's more so not always to keep the animals in, but more so keep some other things out, right. like you know, whether it be people or, or whatever else. So a lot of times, especially as thick as stuff is, I mean, if you got a thousand plus acres, like those animals are roaming. And I, I mean, I've certainly seen some of those places where there's deer they've had on camera and they've been out there for years and never seen it. Like, so they, they roam and, and live pretty, uh, pretty wild in, in most of those operations too. But and I think that's part of like that misconception, right? Because we come from an area where there's public land, so if you have a state the size of Texas, which could encompass a whole <laughs> bunch of other states in it, and it has so many different types of terrain and everything like that, and it's all private, there's got to be big, big, big private areas where mm-hmm. you put anything in there, you yeah. know. I mean, what is it that Joe Rogan says that there's more tigers in the state of Texas than there are in the wild? Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? they, they say it with axis deer. They say that there's more axis in Texas than where they originated from now, and um they say they're more resistant to disease than whitetail, um, and they breed year-round, actually. Most people don't know about that, which is, is pretty crazy, and it's really cool because uh, I've killed one in January where he was still he was in velvet, still growing, and the night before, my buddy killed one that was fully hard-horned, big buck, but the one that I shot was roaming around with another buck that was like only a couple inches into like regrowth, so like any time of the year you go out there, you can hear them. They're, they're a lot like elk in that they, they have this like bellow that would be similar to an oak's bugle it sounds very odd but it's cool but i mean we've heard that in october we've heard it in april we've heard it in all the different times of the year so uh they're very unique as far as that's concerned but uh a lot of their characteristics and they kind of travel in bigger groups and stuff they uh it's an odd like combination of behaviors between like similar to an elk but then also a deer and they're they're absolutely delicious. But, um, I heard they're awesome for uh, oh, table fairs. So. Incredible. So maybe we should plan a hunt. Going yeah. What's the, <laughs> what's the hunting opportunities for out of staters um, in Texas? Being everything's private, is it just you go down there buy a 
hunting license and then yeah. depending on for for exotics you just have to buy an over the counter license nothing nothing special i mean honestly if you want to hunt whitetails i mean you just have to get the opportunity as far as the land but uh you can buy an over the counter tag um you can actually buy if you just want to come in for like a week i think they have a 48 dollar uh 5 day license where you can hunt pretty much everything but whitetail and um yeah, you just either book it with an outfitter of some sort or if you have a buddy or a hookup or whatever the case may be. But um, there's definitely outfitters that do free-range hunts for exotics as well. And, um, yeah, it's pretty easy to come across. So with the you, – you got into bow hunting, you got hooked, you, got, you decided that you were going to, you know, pursue this. And then how do you decide, well, you know what, I'm going to start a company um, <laughs> about something that I've only – basically dipped my toes in but i'm going to jump in full force with something that i'm you know maybe still not even 100 percent fully versed on yeah i i mean i'm definitely not i'm i'm learning as we go along with everybody and then that's part of the fun but it really came from wanting to f- try things give things a fair shot like I mean, I'm newer, so everybody acquires hunting gear over a long period of time. So every time I go hunt for a week and I come back, and one of the first places you got to go is the the outdoor store and buy all the stuff you wish you would have had last weekend, right? <laughs> so you're doing that, and and broadheads was a big thing that stood out to me. Is like, I want to shoot different ones. I want to see which one, what flies good, what doesn't, what like what's good, and what's not. And you get on the internet, and it was unfortunate, but like there's a bunch of dickheads behind a keyboard that are going to bash things they've never tried. Right. And it's like, I, I understand if you've tested it out and it's tried and true and that's what you like and you want to stick with it, cool. Absolutely do that. But it's unfortunate to see how many people literally, they'll shoot their bow a little bit, they grab a broadhead that for whatever reason, they screw it on their arrow and they go. They've never even shot it at a target and make sure it flies true. Right. And But if you go to your outdoor retailer it's $45 for a pack of broadheads. Like, if you buy three, four, five different ones to actually legitimately test them, that's you're a big expense. Huge expense. And then most likely, if you're really testing them, you're probably going to need to go buy more right. once you pick one. And, man, that just adds up, and people aren't doing it. And I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. And I started looking around, and I discovered subscription boxes. And I actually found one that was, like, kind of serving hunting but also fishing. And I, I don't really fish, so I was like, I don't want to get fishing stuff. And they're not sending bow hunting stuff. And I was like bow hunters are so passionate like why is like man i started looking i was like because i would have signed up for it because i was like man that concept's cool so i started talking about it with a bunch of buddies and i've always been entrepreneurial minded and wanted to do different things and i was just like man what if what if we did this like, they're like yeah exactly <laughs> and so they start after enough time they're kind of like hey hey jason you gonna shut up and do it or are you just gonna talk about it <laughs> and uh, i got crazy enough i got a fortune cookie one day that said to reach great places or to yeah to reach great places you must take the first step or Something along those lines, and as cheesy as it was, that was it. That that made me go, you know what? I went home that day. I bought the domain. I started late at night and early in the morning working on building the website, researching, like, how do I do this? And just became obsessed for several months and, and built it out and made it a reality. And so now we just, I don't know, we've created a community with it that's really awesome. We like to lean on them and say, hey, what do you want to see? What are the things you want to try out? And we try to use that feedback as much as possible. And I get really excited because I get to try this and learn about it and, and test things out as we go and uh, just have a lot of fun with it. Well, I'm cynical, right? So, I mean, I try to apply, like, every time you get a fortune cookie, like, how where's my life going and, like, whatever. But I've never got one that says, like, fucking don't do it. Like, or like, yeah. you know, like, you know, probably 
probably better think that over. So I, it's just like they don't make – I would love to – like that's like one of my – entrepreneurial things like i want to have like some bad fortune cookies too and i want to put those out there just so like when you get one you're like oh ooh. right you know to apply it. We'll yeah. put, the, put the brakes on yeah. Hold so honestly i love the the concept in the bow hunter box club box and, and everything like that do you find that because i know with our our podcast right so on some level i'm feel like pigeonholed right because if I did, if we did only, if we did hunting and fishing and it wasn't just bow hunting, I could talk about, we could talk about a lot of different things. So is it difficult to come up with new ideas for the box? And I guess give us a, an example of like what a, what a, where the first box was to like where you're at today and like where your mindset is with right. bringing things to. So from the get go on that, um, you talk to a lot of people and a lot of people say, well, maybe you should do hunting in general or hunting and fishing and all this. Cause then you can do all of this. And it was like, no, if I, if I serve bow hunters specifically i can focus on serving them very well versus hitting all these different areas and and maybe like at times hit or miss or just like serving them okay because it's more generalized more blanket like we can really niche down and try to serve them very well so you'd probably have more turnover because people would be like ah well yeah because i mean like like just myself as an example if if i got it and there was fishing stuff in it and i just don't fish like well i mean at a certain point i'm gonna go yeah, yeah you know what? I, I don't want to. I wish it was just for bowhunt. Exactly. So, <laughs> but so by niching it down, that that was, and it kind of served my own. Like I would have gone and purchased this as a consumer if it existed. Right. And I really want to just like focus on serving them well. And my background and what I'd done for the decade before was with a company that was really focused on customer service. Like right. the company had been around for over a hundred years, and it was in the automotive industry, but they always said they were a customer service company that happened to deal in automobiles and so i was very fortunate in all the time and everything that they had invested in me to learn a lot of great lessons that i could apply to that and um i can't say that i started out with like a real expectation or i've definitely learned a lot along the way but as far as products and and keeping it fresh i've just leaned on the subscribers like from the get-go i mean a big believer in like find out what they want and give it to them i mean so what's your retention rate? Like, do you have a lot of turnover or are you, are no. people are people, I, mean, I think because we loyal. add that community aspect to it, a lot of people like really, especially the ones that get involved there, I mean, they, they stay a part of it and it, it blows my mind, but I feel like incredibly fortunate, but like this coming March, we're having our second group hunt we have people coming from Idaho, Montana, Ohio, Connecticut, um, Kentucky, Missouri, Louisiana, and Texas all coming together to share camp. And, and That's awesome. We're going to hunt for three days. And, like, if we didn't hunt at all, like, it would be one of the most rewarding times. Like, we, we had the first one last year, and, and just the camaraderie aspect of it, sharing camp with other hunters is, is great. But people built lifelong friendships from across the country because of something we're doing here. And, uh, like, man, that just fires me up and, like, wants me to just keep going and right. take on the world with it, you know. But, um the retention's good, and I mean, I think that really comes from leaning on them, saying, "What do you want to see?" Right. Even right now at ATA, like I've I've asked questions, like, "Hey, is y'all see the coverage? Is there any products that stand out that you want me to go check out that we want to talk to?" And and uh, yeah, this is the place for it. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. That's there's for sure. Tons and t- there's too much stuff to look at, really. I mean, Absolutely, definitely too much to tackle on your own. So yeah. So have you had any? Uh, has anything really caught your eye that you want to? you know, purchase for the box. I mean, there's definitely, you... so I would say like, there's 
some relationships with some companies that uh, those companies went through some acquisitions in the last year, and so that's added challenges. So really some of my biggest victories with ATA this year has been reestablishing contacts within to right. be able to get certain things. I can't say there's been anything like overwhelmingly new or exciting this year compared to last year. Like last year, there's all the hype around the Garmin site. There was the new blinds from Primo's, the surround view, and like there was some like big time hype products that there's not really that this year. Right. But I would say just from the fact that like we've been doing what we're doing, and as much as I love establishing our relationships and our community with our subscribers, you know, on the business sense, you have to do that with these companies as well. And I've made a lot of great friendships and business connections over the last year and a half, going on two years. And now that's kind of blossoming a little bit. That's, you know, so-and-so might say, hey, I need to introduce you to this guy. And it's starting to open up more opportunities. And so yeah, sure. uh, so I'm just, like, really excited about expanded opportunities with some different product lines. I would say out of, like, just something new and innovative or I'm not seeing it this year. I don't know if you guys have seen anything else that stands out. But. The only thing I've seen this year was Burris come out with their site, which is similar, like, to the Garmin. Mm -hmm. And that one's actually legit, I think. I mean, it's it's a, what, retail $7.99, still expensive. Right. But that one actually has a fixed pin. It's lit. You know, it, it definitely, if I were to buy one of those, it would be that one. Awesome. Yeah, they, they raised the bar as far as what Garmin did last year. Um kind of set the groundwork for a lot of different things. And, you know, last year we had talked with um, a few different people that said they were working on a product and they just couldn't get it to go r right and everything like that. And then Garmin brought theirs to the table. Well, that Garmin site with that lens in there, you know, any sort of light, you know, it was real difficult to get everything acquired. And the Burris site has a strip of LEDs mm -hmm. right down the center of it. And it, it makes sense as far I as I think I'm going to need to go back and talk to them again today because when I got my demo, like I left there going like, man, that thing looks like it'd be really difficult to set up. But then I've talked to a couple other people that are like, no, it seems super simple. And it's like maybe the guy that I talked to just didn't explain it right. real well. So like he went through the whole setup for us. I mean, and it was just like, bam, bam, you know, select arrow one, arrow two, you know, site one, site two. And then you're you're logged in. You're right. The guy I talked to was like, well, you have to be at full draw, and you're going to have a laser, and you got to align this, and this has to be two and a half inches to the right of something. I left there with like, my mind spinning going like, whoa, like I don't know. Yeah. So maybe I just need to revisit that. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that's <laughs> just that's just the one time to aim the laser. Right. Yeah. That's, that, that's it. That okay. just, you got to make sure that your, your, your uh, range finder is looking at what you're aiming at. So right. that's, that's the whole point with the laser. Okay, cool. But, but yeah, it's... Well, that's another cool thing about this is like, you know, those things come out, like we'll go get our hands on one. And even if, even if it's something we can't put in the box, we'll find a way to, to give one to somebody or do something cool. So somebody, somebody gets a chance to try something new and exciting right. like that. Well, yeah, you offer a lot of different things with the, along with just the box. Um, but one of the things that you were talking about that retention and that community and, and everything is, you know, that group of people. So there's a, a Facebook group the Bowhunter Box Club tribe, and the amount of uh, coming together for others and giving and helping other people out um, on there is something that I don't think you can be understated. For sure, you know? for sure. I mean, like, definitely the most proud part of this whole journey for me to see the things that have come from that. I mean, uh, September 1st, 2017 was, was I, I will remember this forever because that's where it really hit me. Like there is something bigger about what we're doing here. And there's the product side, there's the community and hunting, and, and that's great, but every, it's people. And, and like, 
just one aspect of getting the box is it's a mystery. You don't know what's in it until you open it up. And like as adults, like how often do you ever actually really get that surprise? Like even at Christmas, most of the time you have a pretty good idea of what you're getting. Right. And um, to see grown men like literally be like little kids at Christmas so excited to get it is awesome. But, you know, there's a reality of a subscription business and there's going to be credit cards that decline, whether they've been through a fraud situation or funds are an issue or whatever. And this particular day, we had a gentleman that uh, his card had declined because of not having the funds. And he emailed me and was just kind of asking how long he had to try to scrape together some money to get in the bank to not miss out on that month's box and start sharing the story and like how his wife had been through three brain surgeries and been tough times. And he was the, the breadwinner for the family. So he'd been missing a lot of work leading up to that. And while she was at home and doing well, thankfully he was still missing a lot of time and, you know, funds were an issue and they were behind on everything. But in all that dark time, once a month, this box brought a bright spot to him that he was just excited and got an escape from everything and got to share that excitement with his kids while opening the box. And I was just like, wow. And my immediate response was, hey, hey, don't worry about it. This month's on me. And um, I just kind of shared that story on a, on a video on, on Facebook. And, and people started rallying together. I started getting messages and saying, like, man, hey, what can we do? Christmas is coming up. Let's make sure he doesn't have to worry about it. And like, people just rallied together, and they got this guy covered for another year so he could just enjoy it and not have to worry about anything. And it was like, that's incredible. So, yeah, that's awesome. And then I've had stories shared with me of, you know, they maybe they weren't in a financial situation, but they had had a lot of, loss or, or you know situations surrounding their family including one gentleman lost his four family members within a year which included his mother and his uncle and he had hunted with his uncle for the last 20 years and was just really down and out about everything and didn't have the desire to hunt or, or do any of that and he became a part of our community and really started enjoying it and started sharing with me that like he kind of reignited that excitement for for archery and for hunting and now he was shooting his bow with his daughter and just, he's like, you, you really don't know the impact you've had on my life. And I'm like, like, wow. Like I, I was, I was just speechless, but I was like, there's so much more to this. And there's been countless times they've come together and, and just helped other people. And it's, I mean, at the drop of a hat, they're so selfless and, and willing to help. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. yeah and, and that is the one thing that like, I don't know if it's going to come through like the audio portion of this but you know dealing with jason has allowed me to uh, network with a lot of other people um justin wagner who Mm -hmm. you know you guys just happen to be in the same town or the same (laughs) area or whatever and they have this completely different mindset than anything that i've ever seen i mean to be able to take something that you for all intents and purposes know very little about and be like well i'm gonna start this company and we're gonna i'm gonna quit my job and i'm just gonna run with it uh takes a certain type of individual but these guys are so positive and so um the the word influential isn't isn't always used in like the right i don't know context i guess but you know to be inspired by somebody this whole process with podcasting and everything like that and i think john can attest to this because john when he's not around this like-minded group of people you know is quiet and you know he's a little bit introverted and maybe that comes through when he's not talking on the podcast but you get in this group of people with everything is like-minded and it's like you just get you can't help but be inspired and so when you you know that's one thing like to watch you like grind out this box you know every day for you know the last year and a half or, or however long it's been you know is is truly like inspirational and then to see the impact that it makes outside of just a monetary thing you know Absolutely. hunting is is one thing but the actual 
life is a, a whole nother. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing how like the first person that's ever going to let you get down or quit on anything is yourself. So you have to get a incredible group of people that you're surrounding yourself with. And, and it's as simple as a lot of people don't really realize, like when you pick up your phone and you start scrolling through Facebook, what are you, what are you seeing? What are you exposing yourself to? Like if you've got negative people on there, get rid of that. Unfriend them. It's not worth it. Get, get yourself exposed to the right mindset, the right people that are going to support you, rally around you because it's real easy to talk yourself into quitting. So like I definitely attribute that to getting myself around great people. And Justin's been a, a huge part of helping me with that. So that's been really awesome. But like I, this, at the end of this last year, I'm like, man, I kind of got down on myself at the end of 2018. And I was like, man, I just, I don't feel like I shared enough of this. Like I got busy doing some of these things. I, I, I felt like I didn't share and I'm sitting there on the couch watching TV with my son about 30 minutes into 2019 and I get a text from somebody just saying like, wow, hey, thank you for the inspiration and uh, this year like I've been working and I'm starting this business because because I want these things and watching you has done this and I'm just like, wow, that's incredible. And it's that mindset of like, for some reason the average person, if you say what if, it always goes to a negative. Like, why, why not shift that? Like, why not when you look at a project and say what if, like, what if this works? What are these awesome things that could happen? If you impact one person, what's the ripple effect of that? Like, Because right. when they have a positive experience and now they turn around and they impact another person and maybe that person then impacts two people, like that's incredible. So like, if you can have an impact on one person, it's worth doing. Like, Don't stop yourself because one negative person is trying to hold you back. And a lot of times our, our family and people close to us are the first ones to do it and they're not doing it out of a hateful way and that they really don't want to see you progress they think they're protecting you right like it's a natural instinct as they want to protect you like hey don't put yourself out there for this risk right but it's like if you don't do that you're never going to get to this right. other side and and there's a lot of cool things that come along with that but like i never would have imagined how rewarding it is to through this journey connect with other like-minded people and there's just an energy especially when you get in person it's awesome right. online you start surrounding yourself in person with people. There's an energy with it that just inspires you to want to do more. And you rally around those people. They keep you going. They push you. And it's just awesome. Well, and the reason that I bring that up is I get, you know, a lot of questions about the the box club, right? The mm -hmm. box. Is it really worth it? Is it? Is it whatever? And, yeah, I mean, the value that's in that box, the amount of the dollar-for-dollar dollar products is definitely worth it. That surprise factor is definitely worth it the the one thing in there that you were going to buy but you didn't and, and now you get a chance to try it um is is great and it's doing its job and it, it, it is what it's designed to be but if you're on the fence about it or you're thinking about like should you do it just venture over to the facebook group over there and or follow jason on instagram and and see the like the community in this the positive things that he brings to it. We were talking about it right before we started recording here about who you want to align yourself with and, you know, what's good for the business or what's good for the brand or whatever, but it's good people. And so that's one of the things is that this is a, I want to talk to Jason. I want, we've been trying to get him on here for a year just because he's a good person and he's inspirational and this story is, is, is great and he puts out a great product, but he's a good person and it's a great, motivator even if you don't buy the box you know you'll get to see you know everything that's going on and hopefully it'll inspire you to do something absolutely you know like, uh, that i mean we want to as a company as a service 
if somebody finds it online and for some reason they never venture into the community aspect of it, I want it to be a quality service they enjoy. But like where it's far more important to me is that community aspect. Like that's where it's really rewarding. And we've definitely had product deals that maybe on paper, like looking at numbers, look like great deals, but it's like we passed on them because it just didn't feel right or the company or the person was not somebody we wanted to align with. And yeah, it's not all about the numbers. Like there's so much more to it. And I think that's what's allowed us to build what we've built. Like we're, we're not pushing this big budget service to where we threw a huge marketing ploy out there and got it's It's just chipping away at it day by day. And it's amazing what can happen if you just don't quit. And I'm glad we were able to do this in person. Like, I feel like phone interviews, are, they, they just lack something compared to, like, sitting down and having a conversation. Right. So I'm glad we were able to make this happen here. But um, it, it's been really incredible to watch through this journey. I mean, Justin with HPG Media, he's branched out, and he's he's helping so many companies and so many people now. And, like, it's kind of come out of this journey as well. And, like, he's helped us. We've seen your podcast start and like to see where that's come over the last year is really awesome. And there's multiple people that out of our group, like I feel like I get so much excitement out of watching other people put themselves out there and actually do what they wanted to do that, um, it fires me up to keep going so that maybe I can help one more person go do the things they want to do. Everyone kind of feeds off each other and right. just keeps that inspiration going. So. For sure. So let's talk about the box and the, the things that you guys have to offer over there. So what what is what drives the whole thing? You know what 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 products uh, what um, what are the products that you put out? Because there's a myriad of different tiers and different products. Not not tiers so much as you know you can be a VIP member, you can be full drawbox, you can do this. Yes. Yeah, so, so so that's evolved over time. Um, I mean, it all originated as a monthly subscription box idea, and I, I, we, that's really awesome and exciting. Um, and over time, there was well, I guess let me back up a little bit. There was that. And then we're like, how do we do, like, I just want the excitement of seeing people get new bows. Like, I've got, I have got I got my first new bow in 2015, and I was like, man, it was so fun to have a brand new bow. So I was like, I want to figure something out to where I can give people bows. And that's, that's kind of where the VIP started. And I was like, so it, it's an, an add-on in addition to getting the boxes, but there, you, can, you can purchase a VIP pass-through club membership, which you can get separate from the boxes if you want, but we partner ourselves with companies and we, we try to bring discounts and as much value as we can to those VIP members. When their VIPs renew, we send them gifts. Like there's cool things that come with that status, but we also give away big ticket items every month exclusively for those VIPs. So new bows from like Hoyt Matthews, uh, Expedition, Elite, like great stuff. Vortex Optics, awesome things. We can save a lot of people a lot of money and, and that's been fun. The monthly box it's $45. You can get $70 plus with the value. Always try to make sure it's four to five items. So, you know, you might get that big ticket $40, $45 item that's pretty much what the, you know, the cost of the box is. And then you're going to get more. And we try to make sure it's useful stuff that you can go try out, whether it be accessories for your bow, items you can use in the field while you're hunting, to something maybe you could use in the kitchen while you're cooking the game. Like, as hunters, I mean, that's one of the best parts. We get to eat afterwards, right? So, um, there's that. And over time, we got so many requests for people wanting to try things like releases and bigger ticket items that just for various reasons, whether it be cost or physical size, can't go in the monthly box. And so uh, we tested the waters in 2018, no, 2017 with the Christmas box where it was a, a bigger ticket box. We could put 
more value in there, bigger ticket items, and it did really well, and we were getting a lot of requests for it, so we introduced the full draw box, which is quarterly. So uh, it's a different offering than the monthly box. The products don't cross, but we can put more value in there. It's a bigger ticket purchase price box. It's $150 a quarter to get that box, but you're going to get $250 worth of gear in there when you get it. So we can put bigger ticket items in there, and, and that's a lot of fun. And as hard as it is for me, because I get so excited about it, because it's quarterly, and I'm like, we send a box, and maybe I know what's coming in the next one, but I gotta wait three months to send it to him. I'm like, ah, oh, man, maybe we should. But I just feel like that's the proper way to keep that, so there's not burnout, so we don't run out of products to send in that. And I mean, in those kind of items, if you're getting that every month, like it's gonna kind of get overwhelming. So I think quarterly is great on that. It ships at a different time than the monthly box, so keeps a little excitement factor going. If you got a monthly box, and now here you know, 10, 15 days later, you're getting another box and it's bigger. Like it just keeps that excitement going. And, you know, maybe somebody has been a part of the monthly boxes for a long time and they decide, you know what, I've got a lot of stuff and I like it. I want to keep going. I just want to get some every month. They can switch to the quarterly one, kind of reduce the time frame, get bigger ticket items. But I, I've really been amazed at how many people get both because they're separate offerings. We don't cross the products between the two. And, um, it's just been a lot of fun with that one too. So, awesome. Yeah, that's one of the things that I I didn't even think about until you were just saying that because I like I I don't know a few months ago or so I told Jason I was like I'm I'm gonna stop my subscription it doesn't have anything to do with you or the product it's like I've been hunting since I was 12 years old and I've got so much hunting stuff and then through doing the podcast and everything like that it's like you buy new stuff you got to try new stuff mm-hmm. and I just have too much stuff but right now I'm thinking like well why did I why I mean, I've got the Christmas box. I've got a full draw box. Why didn't I just... Because I didn't... I guess that's a renewing subscription also, which I didn't even ever put two and two together. Right. I thought it was like you had to sign up every single time. Nope. So. Yep. That's, a, that's a renewing one as well. So, and then, and then another cool thing when it comes back to like the community of the type of people that we see as bow hunters in general, not just our company, but the generosity that comes out of that. Like, There's certain products we're going to send that sometimes like... Like whether it be an Allen wrench set or string wax or something, you're gonna see you're gonna see that from time to time. It's a product that you could, you could really never have too many of because if you're like me, you roll into camp with a truck bed full of stuff and your buddies didn't bring shit. So <laughs> like you got to have enough for everybody. And like, you know what? If I got an extra tube of string wax, I just say, hey, here you go. Or you can take care of people. Like or an Allen wrench set, dude. I can never have too many. I'd like to have one in every bag, every archery box I have because if I try to move it from thing to thing, guess what? I end up without. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when I my hunt that I got to go on this year, I showed up with a bunch of different guys, and guess what? I had an Allen wrench set. Nobody else did. I had to pass it around with everybody else. <laughs> so it's like those are the kind of things that you could almost never have too many of. But certain other products, like maybe the broadhead that was sent, like we're going to send those a few times a year. Maybe that's just not your style. Well, you could always sell it online to somebody, recoup some of your money, gift it to a friend. They'd probably be really excited. Or you know, there's a variety of different things you could do, but the generosity I've seen from a lot of people, like if they started getting products, that they started helping out kids in their area or friends, or they've got a buddy that's new to hunting and they start kind of gifting them a little bit of stuff is, has been really cool. But I think by relying on the subscriber feedback a lot, we, we don't have a ton of people that get to the point of just saying that, you know what, it's enough. Like there's people that probably don't get involved in the community and there's a natural life cycle of their subscribers subscription term or whatever but um i don't know we really see a lot of people hanging there and it's awesome but i get it it's not personal like things happen and you know we that's why we have these different services to kind of be cognizant of that and and offer different things 
And so what about the, because you offer a kid's box as well. Not right now. No? That that kind of fizzled out, unfortunately. Um, it just, for some reason, just didn't take. Uh, I'm not sure what it was, but we're not giving up on it. It, it was like, you know, we, we were losing money every month doing that. The kids that got it was great because we really, I got into hunting late. I see how hard it is for people to get into hunting a lot of times if their family is not doing it. So it's like, what? and hunting shrieking. I mean, our major media channels are very much against it. And, you know, that's a whole nother deal. But we wanted to have a service that helps kind of protect the future of hunting and the next generation. And and as a monthly subscription, whatever, for some reason it didn't take. So what we're thinking we're going to do on that is probably bring that back as like a, similar to where we did the Christmas box to begin with, where it was a one-time purchase. We're probably going to bring that into where like maybe once or twice a year, like, Maybe at the beginning of the season, hey, here's the the kids hunt two box, and it's a bigger, a little bit bigger purchase, but maybe, maybe we include some camo in there to where like, hey, last year they were this size and they grew, so they're gonna need more. Maybe we can put that in there and some little useful things, or you know, try to just do it differently, but still be able to have that positive influ- influence on the next generation. So, one of the things you said that um, uh, hunting was shrinking and. Um but, you know, definitely that's one of the things that, you know, hunter recruitment is, is huge. But uh, and the major markets are definitely against hunting and et cetera. You know, that was one of the things that struck me last night at the Badlands Film Festival is where you can't have a post on Instagram or Facebook that has blood in it or anything like that without getting flagged. Mm-hmm. There was a, you know, I don't know, 20 films last night with a hundred impacts in it and every time there was blood and slow motion like the crowd was cheering everybody was going wild Mm -hmm. and so if you were going to have your finger on the pulse of like the hunting community versus the rest of the world last night it was very very powerful right to see like oh my goodness what was your take on the whole the the film festival atmosphere one of the things i think you know for the people in the tribe or the you know people that follow on social media that want to come to the ata show everybody wants to be here but it's not a consumer show so you don't get to buy anything and i mean you do but (laughs) for the most part you know you just get to walk around and see the new stuff right um and see personalities and things like that but that that film festival that atmosphere that i think is you know kind of almost more powerful than the show because you get to see what everyone is doing and where everybody's at as far as their their thought process for sure for sure there, there's definitely a, a, a i guess a bigger variety this year as far as like the themes of the different films within it i that film festival is definitely like as people come and this is only my second year being here but that was the one thing that i'm like hey if this is your first time you can't miss that you need to be there so it's like where the crowd goes wild on those scenes and stuff like we understand the adrenaline rush and like like if you have the build up and you've put all the work into what it takes to have that little moment of success like everybody here shares that feeling of like you it's not like you walked out there and in 2 minutes you pulled the trigger and shot something and oh, oh hey there's blood yay like there's a build up of you've put time effort money blood sweat into that and like we understand that and how do we communicate that to the non-hunting world you got to bring somebody hunting, introduce them to it. But to see also through those films where some of them showed the camaraderie side, like everything from the dad with his, his son was mobily impaired and he's carrying him on his backpack because they're getting to share the outdoors together. You know, the thin space, like 
I don't remember exactly what the wording was he used that, but it's like just you're in a different level, a different connection with nature. And like, I mean, people need that escape. Between heaven and earth. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the thin space between heaven and earth and just enjoying it. So there was a lot that did a great job of kind of showing that. And it's like maybe we need some more of those films out there that like that one in particular that can kind of help explain this to some of the other people to where then maybe they'd eventually understand the other part too because it's not just killing you put a lot of work into getting that's to that a, point. That's just such a small part of it. Right. I mean, we spend all year, you know, shooting, getting ready, getting equipment, you know, researching. And then, like, this year on our elk hunt, we didn't even harvest an animal. But mm-hmm. it was still such a, you know, unbelievable opportunity yep. to get out there and do it. I mean, just connect with the Mother Nature and be in the mountains. Oh, yeah. You know, the kill would have been, yeah, we love the meat. But that was just such a small part of it. Absolutely. But in even in that vein, right? So we put in all that time, all that practice, all you know, a year's worth of shooting at tons of distances. I had an elk that I was comfortable, you know, the 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 shot on a bluebird day at a range sixty two yards is a chip shot. I mean Shot it all day long. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where we hung our hat, right? Right. But in the moment, to have the the practice and everything, to know that I wasn't going to make that shot because of the terrain and everything right. that was going on is, you know, people don't understand that. Like, well, I would have still taken the shot. It's like, yeah, you no. know, I've told John a million times, like, I feel like I let him down because I think he could have made the shot, you know, if, it, if the roles reversed, but... I wasn't I wasn't comfortable that with that and I had that much respect for the animal, the process, the whole thing. You know, we put all that work in there not to just go out there and wound an animal and right. then have to chase him around and then he right. suffers and mountain lions and bears and everything else that's out there. It, yeah, know. and I told you right after you you know what, I'm not disappointed. You made the right decision. If you were not comfortable with that shot, then you made the right shot 100%. by not taking it. Because I would have been more disappointed if you were like, yeah, I didn't want to let you down so I shot and you know, you owe it to the animal. I've always said that. 100%. Like I tell that to my son, like, well, you know what? You got to get out there and you got to practice. I said, we owe it to the animal. We're going For out sure. there to take a life. And that's not, that's. Not something to take lightly. Exactly. And, that, and, you know, that's where we, like in the summertime in the box, like there might be some target face covers or something that maybe it's a tic-tac-toe game or something. Just like if you're going to practice all the time, you don't want it to get like boring. Yeah. But like we owe it to the, the game we're going to pursue in the fall. To make sure we're prepared to be the most ethical hunters possible. And if you talk about it in the context of like the non-hunters, like they don't understand the level of respect that everybody here in this community has for these ga- the game we pursue. Like the work you put into that and like what what is the answer to help help bring them into it? I don't know if I know, but <laughs> like it's those things it's hard to communicate and all that builds up into that excitement that you see in the film festival, but um, definitely that respect for the game and the way that proper management and these regulations and the funds from the licenses, how that has such a positive impact on this as a whole. Like we need, we need to do a better job of communicating that, including like some conversations I've had with some people. Most people don't understand that there's a federal excise tax that manufacturers for, of archery equipment are paying. Like the manufacturers are paying it, not even you as a consumer. I mean, through the cost, like a pack of broadheads, you buy that versus the knockoff pack on eBay or whatever, 
the manufacturer has paid a tax that's going to help preserve these lands, to preserve the wild game, to preserve the national parks that people that are going in on their photo safaris or whatever you want to call them or, or national parks just share with their family. Like, this is all contributing to that. Right. And people don't, like, we need to do a good job of educating people on that. And I, I think BHA and, like, there's some good programs coming along that are, that are working on that. And we just got to make sure not to lose sight of that. Yeah. Well, we kept you here. You know, we were trying to keep it a half hour, 45 <laughs> minutes, whatever. We're we're running right right around there. So, you know, I just really appreciate your time. It's a super busy time for you, like, say, as a buyer, as, a, right. you know, networking and, and doing all this stuff. And I'm uh, I 100%, like, I'm on the right in line with you. To be able to do this in person is so much better than, you know, the, the phone aspect of it. So, um, you know, anything else? Like, you know, how can people follow along? Or uh, They know? can find us on... Facebook or Instagram, Bowhunter Box Club. Check it out on, on the website, bowhunterboxclub.com. And uh, anybody ever has any questions, check out the tribe group. Come hang out with some awesome people there. And, um, you know, always available via DMs, emails, you name it. We're, we're there. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jason. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. And, uh, thanks, guys. We'll definitely be seeing you around. Sit down.